Gabby Barron was just 15 years old when she had to navigate a terrifying situation. So one day, um, my mom was out with, um, with some friends, and I was laying down watching TV, and my brother comes in and just kind of jumps on me. And he's, you know, just being silly, and he gets up, and I'm bawling, and he's like, I'm so sorry. Did I hurt you? What what happened? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm pregnant and you just landed on my stomach. And he just kind of was like, what? You know, like he didn't believe me because right. I'm a baby. So right. this can't be right. And I was like, no, I'm I'm really pregnant. The secret could only be kept for so long. In the meantime, it was keeping her lonely and trapped in fear. So I was like, okay, I'd I had no idea what it meant to be pregnant. I had no idea what an abortion was. I just knew it was problem solution. Like, this wow. is what we're going to do. So um, I took a pregnancy test, took another one, took another one, took another one, all positive. Today on Kava, Gabby shares how this unexpected pregnancy transformed her life. So I let um, the the father know, and he was like, okay, let's go back. There was a Planned Parenthood in Terrell. He's like, let's go back, and let's just set up that appointment. So I was like, okay, you know, let's go. So we go, and, of course, I run another pregnancy test, comes back positive, and the, um, the woman comes back to tell us that I am 15, I'm a minor, I can't have that procedure without parental consent um and he was just kind of pressing like what are these loopholes like I'm 18 can I not consent for her no you can't um what else can we do and she was like well if you can prove that you're directly in harm from your parents if they find out you can go before a judge kind of prove that and you can go on with the procedure and he's like you know your mom is she gets really angry sometimes. I think we could prove this. And I was like, okay, you know, but I think that feeling lasted maybe, maybe a day or two. And then it was just like, you know, I don't know what to do. That's, that is wrong. That is wrong. Like, I think I could probably mess up a lot of things by doing that. So maybe I shouldn't do that. After keeping this secret from her family for so long, she had to spill it to her brother. Thankfully, he knew just what to do, even if it wasn't what Gabby wanted. And he was like, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to get in the car and we're going to go tell dad. And I'm like, no, 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 we can't. I'm not ready. He's like, no, this is what we're going to do. Basically drag me in the car. We go to my dad's shop um, in Mesquite and we tell him. Gabby's father had a little bit more difficulty with the news. He immediately makes me get back in the car. We stop by every store on the way home, and he grabs as many pregnancy tests as he can fit um, and makes me take all of these tests. And I'm just like, I cannot go to the bathroom anymore. They are all positive. I'm telling you, I'm pregnant. And after that moment, he did not speak to me for two weeks. It was the longest two weeks of my life. Um, my mom came home from where she was 
And she, when she tells it, she says, I was uh, pulling into the driveway and your dad was pacing back and forth. And she said he had looked like he aged 10 years. And he tells her, he called me sister. He says, sister is very, very pregnant. And there are so many pregnancy tests in there to confirm it. And I was so, I wasn't worried about my dad because my dad's always been just gentle. Like he, he didn't. He, I knew he wouldn't be angry with me, but my mom, on the other hand, I knew she would lose it. Young Gabby had tried for so long to find acceptance. After moving away from her beloved grandparents, she had wandered from friend group to friend group, desperately wanting to fit in. And soon enough, she found herself pregnant at 15. Now she was expecting this pregnancy to isolate her from her own parents, too. And it ended up being the opposite. I was in my room just dreading her coming home because I just knew that she was going to be so mad and I'm going to get this long lecture. And she came into my room and I remember she just sat down on the bed beside me and just kind of rubbed my back. And she was like, everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see you through this. And I was just like, okay, you know, and there was no, there was no judgment from her at all. No judgment. And I don't think my, there was judgment from my dad. It was just, that's my baby. And we need to, we need to process this, you know, what are we going to do? Um, so I don't know if I ever voiced to them that I wanted an abortion, but I, it was very clear to them that I, was very lost in this situation. The only way that Gabby had known how to handle this pregnancy so far had been denial. After her parents showed her that she wasn't alone anymore, they helped her process her new reality. My dad, after that two weeks, gave me every option in the book. I remember they had this talk with me and they were like, adoption for us is something that we have talked about before so it's not like it would be a shock if that was something we did so if you wanted to go away for nine months and nobody would know that you're pregnant you just had gone to um, school or camp or or something and you came back and we'll adopt this baby or um your uncle knows somebody that's been wanting a baby for a long time. We could get that worked out and still nobody would have to know if that's what you're worried about. Nobody would have to know. Um, or we, we could take you to Buckner home. So they took me there and I really, there was no, um, the baby was not something that I'd ever thought about as being, a life or anything right. at this point but they took me and I remember we went back and talked to this girl and she was just talking about open adoption and you can still see the baby but you know basically it it goes to this other family and and that's it you know you're kind of yeah. free from this and I in my bones just knew that was right. not what I wanted to do I still didn't think that I was going to have a baby but I knew that I didn't want somebody else to have this baby, you know. Her parents saw this as a good sign, and they created a plan for Gabby to move forward, hoping that she would grow into the idea of carrying her child. So we left there, and I remember just coming home so confused. Like, I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, My dad had kind of moved quickly into taking me out of the Terrell school system, 
and had talked to the headmistress at Poetry Christian uh-huh. and told her the situation, and she agreed that I could come there. And this is, Peyton is 16, so this is long ago, and I don't think that this is the way that it, it would be handled today, uh-huh. but they she agreed, you know, that she kind of wouldn't tell anybody. She wouldn't tell teachers. She wouldn't tell staff there. It would just kind of uh-huh. be this agreement that I would come for the first semester and then once I kind of started showing I would be homeschooled or go back to Terrell or or something that we'd figure it out as we go well so she knew of my situation and and my dad basically told her you know I'm not sure what she's going to do but she isn't thinking about carrying this baby you know we're we're trying to stop that from happening we're giving her every option um so this woman shows up at our house and I was just I just remember I was just laying in a dark room probably listening to Evanescence or whatever (laughs) you know just in my feels and she comes in there and she's like you can change or you can wear that but you're getting in the car with me and I'm taking you somewhere and I was just like this woman is crazy I'm gonna get in the car and I'm gonna go with her I don't know where we're doing what we're doing but I'm terrified of her so Uh I'm going to listen so we drive to Rockwall, and I remember she she did not tell me one thing about where we're going. Like, I, I had no idea. I'm not even sure if I knew at this point that she knew that I was pregnant. So I didn't know what was going on. I had a good idea that maybe we were just going to talk. I didn't know. So she drives up to the Pregnancy Resource Center of Rockwall, and takes me inside, they get me back, and they're talking They're talking to me about Jesus. And at this point, I'm just like, okay, Jesus is so far from me right now. Like, mm-hmm. it, I, I almost felt like it was his fault. Like, he didn't mm-hmm. see me through. Like, there were all these other girls that were doing horrible things and that probably deserved this situation I'm in, but I don't deserve it. Like, so at this point I felt very far from God. Everything that I had learned about Jesus, I, I felt so removed from that. So that them speaking to me about him, I mean, that did not, it did not turn my heart at all. Mm -hmm. Then they take me back to like, um, the sonogram room. And I, I didn't know what any of this equipment was. Wow. None of it. <laughs> and they um, they do, they put the stuff on my belly and she's running something right. across and it sounds like AM radio and they're right. just looking at me with these hopeful eyes like, do you hear it? And I, I don't know what I'm listening to. Right. I have no knowledge right. of this whatsoever. Um, and then they do the sonogram and they're kind of looking, you know, for them at this point. And I just, you know, it just feels like some doctor's appointment. Like, I have no expectations of this whatsoever. Uh-huh. And I just remember, like, it's a, it's just one of those memories. It's just forever etched so vibrant in my mind. They turn that the sonogram screen around to me, and I see my baby uh-huh. kicking and... I recognize now that is her heartbeat and she was so active and I I don't know how far along I was at this time but far enough to see that this is a baby with 
arms and legs. And wow. it just, I, it was like in that moment mm-hmm. that I became a mom and I mm-hmm. didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew that, that I had arrived at that moment mm-hmm. for, for, I don't know. I just, it, it just became very, very real yeah. in that moment that I was a mom and we would figure this out. Everything changed. Her future was far from figured out, but one thing was certain. It would include Gabby's daughter, whom she named Peyton. It was kind of like everything was fuzzy before. Yeah, like You didn't really know what people were saying. We're really you know, not understanding the concepts they're even saying until you got to actually know, like God opened your eyes and said, hey, this is what everybody's been talking about. Mm-hmm. This is, this is real. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's sweet. <laughs> so That's that awesome. A big moment. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. So did that ministry um, help you in the process? Well, <laughs> They, of course, gave me every, you know, resource to come back and all. But I am a little stubborn and just was like, okay, this is my experience and I'm going to get through it. And I will, I will figure, I will figure this all out as I go. Um, My grandmother, uh, she became a friend of the ministry in that moment and she has kept in, uh, she's went to their banquet several times. She's, she has stayed connected to the ministry. Um, but I, up to this point, I, I didn't, I mm-hmm. went on and, and, um, just, you know, became a mom and, and kind of worked it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about becoming a mom. When was she born? And- um, she was, yeah, in February okay. of 2004, I had her, um, and, um, so was the biological father involved in that? Um, he, he did not want to be ever, um, but he has, um, a, they were a very supportive family of me, and they knew that that was kind of what his responsibility was supposed mm. to be, but he never arrived at that. Mm. Um, he had lots of opinions on how the pregnancy should have, you know, been handled, and, and this wasn't really it. Um, so so when, you're 15 and you give birth, and... Mm-hmm. He was at the hospital, but okay. dragged there by okay, his parents. His parents, okay. and um, I think I can maybe count ten times that he was around her till the age of three. Wow! Did that hurt your feelings? No. Okay. No, I really was very angry at him that he had didn't arrive at the same mm. um, right. You know parenting, right? you know, becoming a parent that I had. There was so much to process, but at least Gabby was processing it now. 
One of the hardest things to work out through was the absence of the young man she had grown close to, who now wanted nothing to do with her, despite the fact that they shared a child. Gabby's boyfriend remained in the denial mentality, which had paralyzed Gabby at first. But even though she didn't want to raise her daughter alone, God provided the grace and support to move forward without her boyfriend. So I think um, there were multiple things that he did and said. And I, in that moment, it was like God just removed me. Any emotional ties that I had right. with him, they were just right. cut. Right. Um, so there has never been... Um, like, uh, I don't feel like I ever lacked anything not having him in the picture because I had so many um, people in our family that just rallied around us and Peyton was kind of everybody's baby and everybody, I had so much support that that, I never felt like I lacked anything there. That's That's super sweet. So when you, when you had her for you, just like crazy about her? I was. I really was. But there was a lot of growing up that I still had to do. Right. Um, Because you were 15. I was 15. And um, I think by the time that I I had her in February um, and I turned 16 in June and I saw all of my friends going out and doing all of these things, I just felt like, golly, I am missing so much of my life. Um, and I pray that nobody hears that the wrong way. I mean, I loved Peyton with every fiber in my being, but I just knew that I was like, I think I'm supposed to be out doing these things. And my parents were very, gave me a lot of grace there. And they were just like, you know, you, yeah, go out. We'll take care of her. Just go, you know, have fun with your friends. And um, I remember my dad just trying to have this talk with me. And he's like, hey, you know, we're we're really doing a lot here. And um, I think you need to not go out as much. You know, you need to be home. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, you're right. Maybe instead of five nights a week, maybe I'll go on four. I remember saying that and I was like, whoa, like just kind of waking up like, okay, you know, it was kind of like a a moment where I was like, yeah, I think I need to dial it back. Um, And I had, uh, I was probably 17 where I was just like, okay, I need, I need to be working and I need to figure, kind of just navigate this motherhood thing. And I, I knew at some point point in time that I wanted to be married and um and I wanted to I wanted to be serious about not just not just dating but kind of have like in my head for the first time ever kind of what I would be looking for Mm -hmm. in a future husband. Mm -hmm. Peyton's biological father stayed out of the picture but God had someone else in mind. And growing up at the church that I went to, there was this boy that I just always, I mean, he would walk by and it was just like, I would just get so, I would just lose it. I was just so <laughs> like, he's just so cute. And just this like puppy dog eyes. Um, and um, I would, every so often I would 
run into him and I would hide. Like I would, I would go hide. Cause that was just like, I don't know what I would do if I ever saw him in real life. I mean, right. it was like one of the Hanson brothers, you know? <laughs> That's so um, funny. And one night, uh, my mom, Peyton and I had gone to the store and there this boy was, um, and he had, he'd known my mm-hmm. story. He, he had heard from, a, you know, so many people that I'd had this baby and, um, just kind of where I was at in life. And he tells, um, my mom, because I, my words have escaped me now that mm-hmm. we have run into the <laughs> Cheyenne Baron. And I just, I lost all ability to speak. And he was telling my mom, yeah, Benjamin, my brother, um, is in the same wedding that I'm in tomorrow night. Um, he said, are, are y'all going? And she was like, you know what? I'm not, but Gabrielle is. And I was like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> so... Um, Your mom's like, yes, you yes, are. you are. And boy, was he perfect. I went to this wedding and I see his mom and his mom just knew how I was. She would give me his school pictures because <laughs> she knew that I just just had this puppy dog love for him. And so um, at this point, I had kind of had a little shrine not really, but maybe, maybe a little bit. Um, <laughs> and so, so I show up at this wedding and um, we have very separate memories of how this all, you know, went down. But it was here in Rockwall. It was at the wedding chapel. Yes. Um, and this was December 8th and that we went. And he asked me to dance at the reception. And I say I danced circles around him, but he said I was frozen and I could not move. I was just frozen there. (laughs) (laughs) And so he kind of, you know, goes back and back and forth to our table and gives me his jacket. It's really sweet. And um, the counselor that was at the school that I grew up in that Mm -hmm. knew both of us, she looks at me and she says, y'all are going to be married one day. And I was like, really? You think so? You know? <laughs> and my sister-in-law was there and she was like, I know it too. Like, there's just something I know that y'all are going to be married one day. Wow. So it was December 8th. We kind of had started talking. Mm-hmm. By January 14th, we were engaged. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he was really the first person, the first guy that I allowed to ever be around Peyton. Yeah. And I remember the moment that they met, um, he had taken me out on a date. I, We had been out on a few dates by now, and he really wanted to meet Peyton. So he drops me off at the house, and I invite him in to come meet her. And she loved to dance. She was so just silly. She was full of life. And she's like, hey, will you dance with me? And she was um, two. She was two, yes. And um, so he picks her up and spins her around, and they dance. And it was just like one of those moments. It was just like. Just it, it almost like a little music video. Like it was just the sweetest moment ever. And I was like, I am going to marry him. I just know it. So we were engaged January 14th and we just knew that we, we were going to go through all this. So why wait around? So we were married June 2nd. Wow. (laughs) And once again, I asked my dad about the, you know, the budget and Uh everything. 
use your best judgment. And I really <laughs> liked those words then. Um, so we got married and um, I was 18 um, and I, I turned 19 a couple weeks later and then we had um, Cooper at 19. I was 19 and um, I don't think it was until recently that I realized that I I had had two teenage pregnancies, I guess, because right, I did the right. second one, like, right. the way that it was supposed right. to be done. Right. Um, and we have another daughter named Rowan, who's eight. At 19 years old, Gabby was now a happy wife and mother, experiencing the richness of God's love and how her husband reflected it to her. But even though her future was now secure and full of support, she couldn't help but think from time to time about how different her life was from other girls her age. This difference alone brought up a lot of challenges. I really just would really kind of just pray and cry out to God, like, why me? I mean, Lord, like, why, why me? Why was I the one to get pregnant at 15? Like, I had such a strong upbringing. Mm -hmm. um, this is just something that, you know, I, I felt like um, that I would, that it wouldn't be something that our family would ever experience right. and, and go through. But through all of this time and just... Um, questioning and sometimes just feeling shame and mm. and feeling like just just questioning god why me it there were so many times that he would say because it's you mm. and i didn't know what that meant but i knew one day that i would somehow be involved in this ministry mm. um in some capacity but didn't know how or or when mm -hmm. Um, and one, um, one Sunday, it was last, not this past May, but the May before our pastor, um, said the Holy Spirit comes to places that are prepared. And I, it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks that I've been knowing for so long that I'm supposed to be involved in this ministry and that mm -hmm. he was going to use my story for his glory in some right. capacity, but I didn't know how. So it was like in this moment that was, he just like revealed to me, like, you don't know how, but if you say yes, like I will direct your steps. Mm -hmm. So this was um, a Sunday and I remember just sitting there, just surrendering like, Lord, I, I don't know, but I'm going to just tether myself to you. I'm going to, mm. um, all of this, this waiting has just kind of brought me to this moment and I will do whatever you call right. me to do. Um, so Wednesday, like just a couple days later, <laughs> um, I was on my phone and I see that the Pregnancy Resource Center of Mesquite and Rockwall the same place that I had um, gone to um, have that special sonogram with Peyton all those years ago was having a walk. And I thought, I didn't even tell my husband or anything. I was just signed us up for this walk and I'm going to make a team. And, um, wow. and I get a phone call from Joanne 
who is the director of the Pregnancy Resource Center, and she says, we would love to have you come speak at our walk. And I just was kind of like, oh, my goodness. Like, okay, God, I thought maybe you'd bring me, like, the girl that I could, like, (laughs) you know, disciple. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I didn't know that you wanted me to do something like this because I don't feel like I could ever speak in front of anybody any group larger than two people. Gabby saw the love of God grow deeper and deeper in her heart as he gave her what she'd been aching for her whole life, purpose. Um, so I didn't even ask her how many people were going to be there or anything. I just said yes. Wow. And I'm going to awesome. let him just do the work that he needs yeah. to do. I'm just the vessel. Lord, you just speak through me. Um, so... We went and I spoke and it was such a, such a blessing. Like it blessed me more than I could ever imagine. And it just lit this fire in me. Um, and it all during that week, um, of just like really just binding myself to him and just allowing him to work through me because I have no idea what I'm doing. I kept hearing December, December, like something's going to happen in December that's going to be where I'm no longer at the school that I was working at, but I'm going to be in this ministry somehow. Um, so from from that time to December, I started working all these little like side businesses because if he's saying December, I've got to try to match my income so I can go volunteer. Um, so I made it a me thing. I was like, okay, like he's told me December. So I have to work to, to get to whatever he wants me to do in December. And so much of that felt so wrong. Like I was going about it the wrong way, but it's not like I was trying to, I was just trying to get to the other side of this Mm -hmm. promise. And I, um, I woke up one morning and I was going through a, um, just quiet time and I just felt like I needed to lay that down, but it mm-hmm. felt so wrong because mm-hmm. I was almost at, I had met the point of my income. So wow. it felt wrong to lay this down now. Like, yeah, it just didn't, it, it felt so strange, um, that very same night, um, we live in Canton, and my daughter plays volleyball, and she had made it into the next step. I'm She's been playing volleyball since she was seven, and I still don't get everything. But we were playing in Rockwall. Okay. We were in yeah. maybe state something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I'm going to text some girls that I've met at the pregnancy center and see if they want to come watch Peyton. Mm -hmm. And, um, so Joanne was just like, yes, I will be there. So she shows up and this is the very same day that I just laid everything down and was just like, I'm letting you direct my steps. And, and I'm, I'm not going to just try so hard to get to this point. So we're sitting there and she's cheering on Peyton and I was like, don't ask the question. Don't ask the question. Why is this question in my head? I can't ask that question. It's too, it's too forward. It's too forward. I can't ask this question. And it just came out like word vomit. I was like, Joanne, is there 
paid positions at nonprofits just because I really feel like it's where I'm supposed to be, but I have to have income coming in and, and I can't just volunteer. I mean, I don't think I can just volunteer. And surprise, surprise, God had a plan for providing Gabby with a steady income, just like he had provided a husband. And she was like, well, yeah, there's paid positions. And I was like, okay, okay, well, um, okay, well, I think I'm going to start looking into that. And she was like, she kind of paused for a minute and you could tell she was really just thinking, should I say it? Should I say it? Should I say it? You know, like we're both, there's so much being said in our heads, but nothing's coming out. And she says, my sister has been working for us for quite some time now, but she is getting into education. So we're actually having to hire in December. And I was like, okay. So in my head, I'm thinking, this is it. Like, right. this is what you've been trying right. to lead me to. And I've just been so stubborn trying to do it on my own. So we get in the car and I just like, Cheyenne, you'll never believe. She <laughs> says they're going to have to hire in December and maybe they'll consider me. Like, I don't really have a, a background in this, but you know, right. maybe this is meant to be. And um, she calls me in for an interview after, shortly after. And um, basically the ball was in my court and wow. I had already let um, the school know like, hey, I was very upfront with them pretty much since May, whenever mm -hmm. I surrendered to that. I don't know what is going to happen, but the Lord has laid this on my heart and I don't know if I'll be back after December. And, um, so everybody was kind of just, you know, maybe, maybe she is leaving mm -hmm. in December, but we'll just kind of see. And, um, so, uh, sh December 1st, I looked at my calendar. I did not know what day it was, um, before this, but I responded back to her hey, I'm going to take the job. And I, I went and looked at my phone that night. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's December 1st. And he just wow. worked out all the very specific wow. details. <laughs> when we talk to our various guests on Kaval, we often ask them a question that reveals a lot about their incredible lives and what they've learned. We ask, what would you tell your 15-year-old self? So far, Gabby is our only guest who had another human life beginning inside of her when she was 15. And boy, she does have some words of wisdom for that sweet young version of herself. So what gave you hope during all of those times of uncertainty? Um, like through, through the whole season of, right. of, of 15 and pregnant right. or kind of yes. that time? Um, well, I think just really waiting, um, but waiting with him and knowing that he has a purpose for everything and really clinging on to that mm -hmm. and clinging on to the, that promise of because it's you yeah, um, and all of the support through any bad decisions that I had made mm -hmm. and how my family never brought shame on any, any mistakes that I made, but they yeah. saw me through and, came 
you know, came alongside me and, and then meeting, um, well, not meeting Cheyenne because you all know that I met him so long before, (laughs) but him being so supportive and being, um, the leader that we needed in our home Mm -hmm. and encouraging, encouraging me to, you know, press on through whatever, you know, whatever I was going through and, um, and just reminding me like, you know, let all that fade away and, Mm -hmm. and keep pressing on and pressing into Jesus because he's going to carry you through whatever, whatever it is that, that you're meant to do. He's, he's going to see that through. He gave you a promise. Mm -hmm. So just, um, having that faith and, and just really binding myself to him through all of that. That's awesome. So what would you want someone to take away from your story? Well, I think there were so many moments throughout this journey of um, becoming a mom so young and feeling um, just all those feelings of just, um, there was a lot of moments where I would feel shame mm-hmm. um, and just kind of wanting to fast forward. Like, I mean, sometimes I still do that. Of right. course, that I want to see the end and I want to see the breakthrough right away. Right. Um, so in those moments of just waiting to know that you aren't alone mm. and there um, I just keep thinking for such a time as this, mm-hmm. like God is just working out all of these details and, you know, maybe it is something that you are, you you feel like you've been delivered from and it doesn't take that long, but there's so many lessons in the, the journey to, you know, your breakthrough that God just works out those details and he wants to teach us something in all of those moments. And I think there's so many things that I dealt with and things that were said, you know, about me or to me that just felt like, why would anybody say that? Or Mm. why would anybody that is from this position of, of being a Christian say that about me? And it just kind of shows you like, nobody is perfect. Right. And Nobody has it all together, but just right. to learn from these moments along the way of how God is going to use your story to help someone else and um, to just press into him in those moments of, right. of waiting and and allow him to do the work. In Gabby's experience, God has been more radical than many of us hope or imagine Him to be. His love, compassion, and provision have far exceeded her expectations. We hope that Gabby's story refreshes you with strength for whatever you may face, so that you can know that God is closer to you than you may think. Thank you for listening to this episode of Kavah the Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and that you will subscribe Download and share this on your social media pages. 
and with your family and friends. If you find yourself in a desperate place, it is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who've gone before you and shared their stories. They have exemplified the meaning of Kava, learning to wait during difficult times to find an eventual positive outcome. I can't express my gratitude for my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I would not be able to do this without you. For more information, please visit kavathepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.